The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome in, folks, here on Big Blue Views post-game live stream. I am Joe DeLeon. Just me today for this reaction to the New York Giants' narrow loss on Monday Night Football 20-17. This game ended up being a lot closer than I think many of us expected. But if you take a look back at some of the various things that happened throughout the entirety of this game, it's not really as redeeming of a loss as I think many of us would hope it would be. If you just look at that that 20 to 17 score, it looks great. It looks like the, the Giants just played a really close game against a team that was in the Super Bowl last year but if you look at the entirety of it some of the the inabilities to capitalize on big moments this is a game that yet again the Giants were in a position to win but did not take advantage of those opportunities and that's been the trend this entire season we've seen the Giants be put into situations where an opposing team makes critical mistakes and the Giants just refuse to capitalize on them this is a, a, another instance, yet again, where we're, we're talking about a lot of the same stuff. And there's a lot of points in the game that you can really go back to and pinpoint that were the major problems that, that led to this loss. The one thing that stands out to me the most, if you watch the entirety of the game, there were a number of passes that Patrick Mahomes threw that, were, that actually should have been intercepted or at least were close enough to being intercepted. There were a couple that come to mind immediately where he threw it into tight coverage, where Dory Jackson was doing a really good job of covering Tyree Kill, and he would have been in a difficult spot to, turn, to, to pick the ball off, but he still was in a position to pick the ball off. And the reason why I'm saying that this is a circumstance where they should have gotten those, that they should have turned that ball over is that when an opposing team is being that aggressive and they're forcing the ball into really, really tight spots, you need to at least get one of those. There were two or three times that that happened throughout this game. And that's an issue that the Chiefs have had so far this year. We knew that they were bad defensively. We knew that if the Giants were going to win this game, they needed to be consistent on offense. But on top of that, Mahomes has been trying to do way too much. And he's been way too aggressive, way more aggressive than he's been in the past. He's been really going for those big shots that we saw uh, in this game. 
in those plays that I'm referencing were deep passes, trying to hit Tyree Kill or some of these other speedier receivers, and the ball was well defended, but they were 50-50 balls that if if whoever was guarding, and most of the time it was Dory Jackson, could have picked the ball off. I will say, however, that the defense played a phenomenal game. They did exactly what they needed to do to hold a, an offense that I don't know what they're averaging this season, but as we know in the past, is capable of putting up 30, 40 points in a game. And the way that the Giants have played defensively this year, you would have expected them to get completely blown out of the water. But 20 points against the Kansas City Chiefs is still a, a very strong performance. I look at the instances where they were able to get sacks on third downs, especially in the red zone that led to field goals. I pinpoint the fumble that they were able to force on Travis Kelsey, which was just a really good job of, of rallying to the football, swarming, punching at the football, having multiple guys there then to recover the fumble. That is really he good heads up play. That is really, really well coached, good defense in that particular instance. And the other thing too that stands out to me why they were so effective defensively is that Patrick Graham did a really, really good job of scheming in this game in defending the Chiefs. And the approach that he had, and they even talked about it on the broadcast, is that if you're going to beat us, you have to beat us with one of the other more pedestrian guys in your offensive unit. They locked down Travis Kelsey. They locked down Tyreek Hill to an extent. He still had 94 yards, but Travis Kelsey was the one who was completely bottled up. Only 27 yards on four receptions. That is very uncharacteristic for him. Tyreek Hill had a couple big plays, which, which led to that, that production. But for him to go under 100, that's what you need. But they were daring the Chiefs to try to beat them with some of these other players like Hardiman, like Pringle, and then forcing also Patrick Mahomes, who tends to overthink things if he's moving around too much, to make mistakes in those instances. And that worked pretty effectively. And that was how they were able to get those crucial sacks, those quarterback hits that led to incompletions and a number of those field goals that were kicked. So I have to give ultimately a ton of props to the defense, to Patrick Graham, to how effectively they played. They did really need to make full, take full advantage of those turnover opportunities. And I wonder if they got one of those interceptions that were basically handed to the Giants that they weren't able to pick off. What could have happened in this game? But it's like always this season, it's it's a lot of, you know, what could have happened? Why didn't this happen? All that same stuff. And the run defense also played really well, only allowing 107 yards, uh, did not allow Patrick Mahomes to, to, to pick up any extra yardage, which is something that he's capable of doing. Uh, and then Damian Williams didn't even go over 50 yards, 3.8 yards per carry. So uh, an effective day defending the run. That, I also believe, was was a major, major factor for why they were able to slow down the Chiefs' offense in this game. So there's two plays in particular, though, that, that I had on my mind that I wrote down that I wanted to mention that are specifically just really stupid penalties that impacted the outcome of this game as well. So I, I talked about the interceptions. But now I, I need to acknowledge the, the two penalties that come to mind that, that, that really hurt the Giants' chance, chances of winning this game in a position where they could have closed out, went up, scored a game-winning game, game uh, touchdown or a game-leading touchdown, 
and won the football game. The first one is the play where they were able to pick Patrick Mahomes off in the uh, with I think there were about five minutes left, and the Giants get called for an offsides penalty. I don't remember off the top of my head which player that was who was called for offsides, but that is a crucial, critical mistake by Mahomes to throw, try to force the ball in where he did, and the Giants were able to pick the, pick them off, a, a pick that was hard to come by in this game, and that would have really turned the tide, and that was a momentum shifter if they get it. But because of that offsides, because of that undisciplined penalty, that then allowed Kansas City to move the ball down the field, and I believe that, that was the drive that they kicked the, the game-winning field goal on. A mistake like that is, is, is going to kill any team. So you can't be going off sides on a drive like that in what is going to be the final drive of the game and then nonetheless in a position where you pick the ball off. The other play, and this I'm not mad at Eli Penny for this. I have to take a second to, because this is the first time we're really seeing it happen to the Giants this year. That freaking taunting penalty is so stupid that it was called. Uh, and I try not to, to uh, anyone who listens to the show that Chris and I do and these post-game live streams, I try not to blame the refs for stuff. And we say this all the time, that we try not to focus on, on the ref stuff and we can't control officiating. But Eli Penny made a really good play. He gets the ball, he picks up a ton of yards, and they're past the 50-yard line. And the guy's excited. Like, he's... He just picked up a first down. And the, the only thing that took it a little bit too far was getting in the face of the defender and saying whatever he said. But that taunting penalty derailed what was capable of being a scoring drive at the end of the game. I, they need to do something about that. I, I have to say, and I know it's such a, a stupid thing to, to harp on after that game. I want to go back and watch the film to, to get more takeaways from this this game, but... That penalty seriously derailed what could have been uh, an important scoring drive for the Giants. I just don't understand the purpose of that. Guys get excited. You know, heck, I got people in the chat right now that are blaming uh, Mara for for some of the issues, saying he needs to sell a team. Heck, you can blame Mara for that taunting penalty because he's one of the people who who we have quoted saying that he was a supporter of. So I... I don't know. I think that's just terrible. It's it's an emotional game. It is a game that is played by grown men that are excited, that are in positions to really turn the tide for their team in a play like that that does not happen often for a fullback. And he's excited. And it gets it, they lose a ton of yardage after a big first down and, and essentially kills the drive and then eventually um, leads to a punt. Last thing that I wanted to hit on, unless I have any other takeaways um, that pop up in my head. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 
200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. I guess there's two parts to this. One is I don't understand why in a close game where you're getting four yards a clip with Devontae Booker and you're actually moving the ball well and you're getting a number of 10-yard carries close to 10 yard carries and you're getting all these chunk plays on the ground. I don't understand why you only run the ball 15 times. This is something that Chris and I feel like have been talking about since Pat Shermer was the head coach. We have been talking about this for what feels like forever that the giants just refuse to establish a run game. And I know in today's NFL, you need to, open up the, the the run with the pass. It's it's not like the old days. But in, in this instance, I, I just don't really get why in a close, close football game where it was tied, it was within one score, they weren't in comeback mode. Why you don't lean on a run game that was clearly starting to build some steam. There were plenty of chances for them to do it. There were plenty of opportunities for them to get the run game going. And it was clearly what was working more effectively than the passing game. They had to pick up. They had to pick up a bunch of yards off of gadget plays. A number of their passing, like big plays that happened in this game, were, were gadget plays. So I just don't get why Devontae Booker only has 15 carries for 60 yards. It's not like he was getting stuffed every time. That the offensive line was not really doing an effective job of pass protecting, and we saw that on the final drive where, where they completely collapsed. We saw a number of mistakes. We also saw some, some, some bad run blocking plays. I'm thinking of the one in particular where Chris Jones completely blew past Billy Price and, and made a really big four-yard uh, loss on a, on a rushing play. But separate from that, like that instance, they were running the ball very effectively. And his rushing total probably would have been better, and his rushing average probably would have been better if you removed that play and a couple other you know, big negative losses. They were effectively running the ball. I just, I don't get how you don't try to commit to that more and try to establish something. The game was close. There's really no excuse for not running the ball in an instance like that. And I, I also wonder, and Nick Filato even tweeted this out, uh, and I'm curious to see what the snap totals are in this game. But if Kadarius Tony was available, and he was able to return punts. Why does he only get 
four receptions on five targets. And then he threw that one really good pass that he had. Kadarius Tony is, is, as we've seen when healthy, the most, one of the most explosive receivers on the team, if not the most explosive receiver on the team. More than John Ross, more than Dante Pettis. The guy is a spark plug. He can pick up big plays. But you can't really put him in a position to do that if you're only giving him a couple touches. Like You got to get him some more opportunities. And I, I get that the end-around pass that he threw was your way of getting him involved. But Kadarius Stoney being available, you ask him to return punts. I don't get why he's not on the field more. I don't get why you're not trying to get more touches. The offensive play calling, yet again, is something that is frustrating. It's something that, as Giants fans, we still need to question. And it's something that is at a point where it's, it's beyond ridiculous. They have the weapons. They have the talent. They have a, a running back who is doing fine. They've got a quarterback who is deceptively athletic. Their offensive line is terrible. I get it. But to only score 17 points with questionable play calling against a defense that is statistically one of the worst in the NFL, that is literally, I'm pretty, I'm off the top of my head, the worst defense statistically in the NFL. They are giving up tons of big plays on a weekly basis. And to only net 17 points in that game. And I'm curious if I can pull up. They had 5.4 yards per play against a team that is statistically one of the worst in terms of yardage allowed, points allowed, and also big plays allowed. To, to not produce big opportunities and big splash plays and to not try to attack a team like that, that is suffering, that is struggling, is frustrating. And I, I'm probably one of the few people, actually not one of the few people, a lot of people are. But I have consistently said on this show since last year, that the Giants need to move on from Jason Garrett. And I think that that clearly is the last piece of evidence that you need to make that decision. There is nothing that Jason Garrett can do for the remainder of this year that can change my opinion. He would have to put up multiple 400-yard offensive games, 500-yard offensive games to, to even sway me a little bit. Some of the other games you can maybe pinpoint and, and go, okay, that makes sense why they didn't they didn't do very well offensively because there's you know good defense like the Panthers, good defense if they don't put up a lot of points. Um, you know the the Red, Washington football team, good defensive line. It's hard to move the ball against them, but you're playing one of the worst defenses in the NFL right now, and you scored 17 points and you had 5.4 yards per play, and you only run the ball 15 times when you were in a rhythm running the ball at various points in the game. Just doesn't make any sense to me. All right, folks, I think that's going to be it for me on uh, this post-game reaction. Nick and I will be doing a film show that you likely will be coming out on Wednesday, uh, and then we'll be doing a preview of the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, the following uh, should be probably coming out on Thursday if I were to anticipate. We'll probably do it that, but... Thank you for tuning in, folks. That's going to be it for me. Uh, we'll talk to you soon.